1: According to a 2019 report from the White House, more than half a million people experience homelessness on any single night in the United States. About 65% of those people are in homeless shelters, and the other 35% sleep in places not intended for human habitation, like sidewalks, parks, cars, or abandoned buildings. It's a serious problem, compounded by the pandemic, and a problem that today's guest is working to solve. I'm Brandon Harvey. This is Sounds Good. Today, I'm talking with Terrence Lester, a speaker, activist, author, and thought leader in the realm of systemic poverty. He's known for nationwide campaigns that bring awareness to issues surrounding homelessness, poverty, and economic inequality. He combines storytelling and digital media to illustrate social justice issues and practical solutions, and he's been featured on CNN, Good Morning America, USA Today, NBC, and more in 2013 he founded the nonprofit love beyond walls which helps people experiencing homelessness and poverty rebuild their lives and in 2019 he launched the dignity museum out of a shipping container it's the first museum in the u.s that represents homelessness he holds four degrees and has written four books and i'm so excited and honored to welcome our guest Terrence lester as the first guest of the new season Sounds Good. Terrence, I believe you founded Love Beyond Walls in 2013. Is that right?
2: Yeah, that's right. One of the very first campaigns that I actually launched uh, in founding the organization is my family actually gave me permission to live as a person experiencing homelessness underneath the bridge in the heart of the city of Atlanta for a little over a week. What was the catalyst
1: behind that? You know, that's a bold choice. That's a big thing for your family to encourage you to do. Where did that come from? And how did Love Beyond Walls get its start?
2: Yeah, I think one of the sparks was this huge gap in knowledge. Uh, when it came to the issue of homelessness. There were times when I would be out literally walking with my friends and have them make very vulgar and demeaning statements about people that we passed uh, living on the streets. And little did they know that I actually experienced homelessness as a teenager uh, myself. And I felt very offended, but not in the way that where I wanted to you know, retaliate, but in a way that I wanted to model what it really meant to love those who are invisible, but also use it as a way to educate those about the realities of what people suffer through every single day. I launched Love Beyond Walls and co founded it with my wife. And one of the driving motivations was to advocate on behalf of people whose voices were silenced, but also to shift the narratives uh, that persist in a false manner about those who are poor.
1: And you've done such an incredible job of this. And in the years since you founded Love Beyond Walls, you've met, all kinds of needs of people experiencing homelessness and help change the narrative around homelessness for the people who have seen your work. I know that you have a mobile makeover bus that provides haircuts and hygiene. You have a laundromat. You have a medical clinic and a counseling center. You even created a museum called the Dignity Museum, which is a museum built in a shipping container that allows visitors to confront their ideas of homelessness and what it takes to escape it. And then I also know that, you know, on top of all of these things that you're doing, everything changed with COVID this year. What was the moment that you knew that you needed to pivot your response because of COVID?
2: Yeah, I remember the moment when I knew I had to pivot. There was a guy named Dimitri that walked into our center in the city of Atlanta and he had tears in his eyes. He basically was telling us that he was fearing for his life because he was scared that he would contract COVID-19. And his words went something like this, I'm afraid that I'll contract this virus because I have nowhere to wash my hands. It was at that moment that I realized that, you know, businesses and, you know, companies and things would literally be shutting down And we would have to literally physically distance ourselves from the community that we love so much. But one thing we knew was true is that there were a population of people out there who wouldn't have access to running water and sanitation and some of the things that the CDC was communicating to the public of how to protect yourself against the spread and contraction of COVID-19. And with that information and the story of many of our community members, uh, we were inspired to pivot in a way where we could still service uh, this unseen population, but use it as a way to remind them that they too matter and they are worth uh, loving.
1: You use this phrase, unseen population, and I think it's correct that this is a community that's going... Under noticed, especially in the midst of this pandemic. You know, you've got leaders rightfully telling people, hey, it's important that you're washing your hands. It's important that you're, you know, socially distancing. But these are things that are not possible for entire communities in our cities. What are some of the other unique challenges that people experiencing homelessness are facing in the midst of COVID?
2: Yeah, I mean, you think about it, we heard tons and tons of. Complaints about people having to shelter in place and even physically distance themselves from one another uh, just to stay safe. And this other phrase of, you know, wear your mask, protect yourself, and also protect the people that you're around if you happen to come in close proximity with other people. Uh, But there's still this population of people, like you were saying, that are unseen. I mean, there was no opportunity to shelter in place during the pandemic for people experiencing homelessness when everything was shut down. And even now, it's hard for people experiencing homelessness to find real rest. I mean, think about it. People are sleeping underneath bridges in the midst of compounded germs, sometimes in close quarters with one another. Uh, There are shelters all around the country that are only allowing certain amount of people into these shelters, and other people are being turned away. Uh, you think about access to testing. Uh, that was a huge issue, and it's still a huge issue. Who's being tested and who's not being tested? Who has access to tests and who doesn't have access to testing? Well, if you're experiencing homelessness, where do you go to get tested? You know, there was a testing shortage, and still people are still like upset and complaining about physically distancing themselves from one another. But think about people experiencing homelessness. They've been put out of restaurants for asking for water or put out of public spaces for uh, trying to use the restroom, told to leave parks, and you can't stand in certain environments. You know, or in certain cities right now, you can be sighted and fond if you share food with people experiencing homelessness. And this was long before the pandemic. And so I think one of the issues uh, or the leading issue that people experiencing homelessness are facing is this issue of social distancing. I don't even like the term because social distancing speaks to social isolation. Um, Mm -hmm. What we're doing is staying physically distant from one another to protect ourselves. But People experiencing homelessness have been dealing with social distancing long before the pandemic. And right now, I believe this population of people more than ever uh, needs those vital relationships to remind them that they are uh, welcome, that they belong, uh, address or not, and that there is a community of people uh, that are uh, on their side uh, creating opportunities for them to move forward in life
1: what's incredible is that you are helping solve the problem of the inhumanity in the way that people are treated. And one of the key things that you are working to create a solution to is that hand-washing issue that you're talking about, this idea of sanitation that You know, I think most of us take for granted. I come in from walking my dog and uh, I wash my hands for 20 seconds and I'm almost annoyed to be doing it. I take it for granted that much. You came up with a solution for people who are experiencing homelessness. It's called Love Sinks In. Tell me a little bit more about creating that.
2: So I created Love Sinks In in response to the lack of sanitation for people experiencing homelessness. Uh, We kept hearing and we still hear even to this day, you know, uh, these messages from the television or from media outlets to wash your hands, you know, make sure you are constantly washing your hands for 20 seconds, etc. Well, in thinking about public health, how can you demand uh, a population of people to do something to protect themselves and not furnish them? With the resources to actually perform those behaviors. And so it was hard for people actually experiencing homelessness to perform these behaviors. And they were one of the most vulnerable populations out there. I mean, no access to running water, nowhere to wash their hands, oftentimes living in areas with higher chances to spread germs. They're living with uh, pre existing conditions. And it's hard to even maintain sanitation while you're living on the streets. And so I started to think about what could we do to actually make sanitation portable? Our organization has used RVs and camping units in the past to temporarily house people. And I remember back in those days when you know we would have to have a, a portable cooking uh, mechanism or a porta potty and a portable hand washing station. And in reflecting on the usage of something that families oftentimes use for leisure, a light bulb went off. What if we uh, repurpose this feature of an RV and use it as a way to transport uh, sanitation to uh, this population of people that are uh, forgotten in many ways. And so I started doing research and found out a way we could start assembling, you know, these RV parts to create a portable handwashing station. Before you know it, you know, I had uh, one of my friends, Lecrae, uh, donating the first 15. And I remember us just wanting to set up these 15 sinks around the city of Atlanta just to give people in the city access to this soap and water, this basic necessity that everyone should have a right to. And before you know it, uh, it was spreading like wildfire. And uh, to date, uh, six months later, we're in 45 cities and three countries. Wow. Yeah.
1: How many hand washing stations
2: are out there? Uh, we are over a thousand right now.
1: Wow. That's incredible. And tell me about what has the impact been for communities, what has the impact been for people experiencing homelessness?
2: You think about it, it's been unreal, the types of responses that we've gotten. I mean, you just mentioned, sometimes you can be a little perturbed about washing your hands after you walk the (laughs) dog, right? Very impactful story. I remember uh, early on when we were putting out these portable hand washing stations in a local park here in the city. And these guys were forming this line because they were really excited to wash their hands. And people are washing their hands. And it's this one guy. He gets up and uh, over to the right of us. uh, An organization was out sharing food, and everybody started to run the form a line uh, to get food because people said, you know, we haven't eaten in a week. You know, all the commuters are sheltering in place, etc. And this guy looks at me and he says. Nope, I'm not going to run to get in line because I'm glad I can wash my hands before I eat. And it was in that moment I go, wow, something as simple as giving dignity through washing of hands before a person eats. I even get chills now just thinking about it, man, because you think about uh, right now we have over 100 sinks in the Navajo Nation, this indigenous reservation that doesn't have running water at all. You know, we're working with local leaders on the ground there that literally have to drive an hour and a half away to get access to running water and how cases of COVID is uh, steadily rising there. And they're using these portable hand washing stations in grocery stores, in chapter houses, in uh, people's homes, where they gather uh, just to maintain this sanitation. And until This Love Sinks In campaign, uh, it's a cool name, but there's a deeper meaning that, yeah, we are installing sinks in certain communities. But uh, what we're really trying to communicate is love does really need to sink in in a way where we are paying attention to the most vulnerable of our society.
1: this conversation is just making me feel so hopeful there are people dedicating their entire lives to solve the problem of homelessness and inequality all to make the future better for others i hope this conversation is making you feel more hopeful too and i hope that you'll channel that into making a difference in your own community we're going to take a quick break and when we come back i'm asking terrence about three common misconceptions around people who are experiencing homelessness and how we can all work together to help overcome them, especially in the era of COVID-19.
0: This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe
1: Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? I know for me, I hit a wall in June. The pandemic was causing a lot of stress for me and I knew that I needed to talk to someone. So I signed up for BetterHelp. No joke. And it has been so helpful to have a professional to talk to virtually. Here's how it works. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can start communicating in under 48 hours. To be honest, taking the survey is actually kind of fun. I don't know why, but after you're matched, you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. I personally switch back and forth between Doing video sessions at my house and doing phone sessions while walking around my neighborhood. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com/slash good and join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And BetterHelp is offering a special offer for Sounds Good listeners to get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com good. That's better h e l p slash good. One more time, that is betterhelp.com slash good. This podcast is sponsored by Libro FM. Libra FM is the first and only company that lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick from more than 150,000 audiobooks, including bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers. I have been using Libra.fm for months now before they were even a sponsor, and I just finished listening to Barack Obama's thoughtful new book, as well as Samantha Irby's hilarious book, Wow No Thank You. And for both purchases, my cute little bookstore, Broadway Books, was supported. With Libra FM, you get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. <laughs> you know the name. But you'll be a part of a different story, one that supports community. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. Listen while doing chores, walking the dog, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro FM app. As a special offer for Sounds Good listeners, get two audiobooks for the price of one, only $14.99, with your first month of membership with the code GOOD. All you have to do is visit the website libro.fm, that's L I B R O.fm, and use the promo code GOOD to get started with two free audiobooks and to help support the show. All right, Terrence, I know that you've got three key myths, three key misconceptions that people have of people experiencing homelessness, and then what's ultimately like a quick back check on each of them. And so can you tell me the first misconception that people have of people experiencing homelessness?
2: Yeah, I think one of the first myths is that people experiencing homelessness are lazy and actually don't want to work.
1: And what are the implications of that misconception?
2: The fact is this, that many people experiencing homelessness actually have jobs, and there are a lot of people living on the streets actually working tons of hours each week, but maybe they don't make enough to afford stable housing. And then there are others who want to work but can't get jobs without a valid ID. Uh, Maybe they've lost this vital piece of information, and guess what? You need ID to get ID and you need identification to even get housing or to be able to cash a check and open a bank account and some of those things.
1: What is the second misconception that people have about people experiencing homelessness?
2: Yeah, I think the the second myth is that most people experiencing homelessness are addicted to drugs and alcohol and that myth is just not true. The reality is this and there's a A chart and a a graph that actually has statistics about the triggers of homelessness. And believe it or not, drug addiction is one of the least likely things to cause someone to experience homelessness. As a matter of fact, it makes up 16% of this entire pie. One of the leading causes uh, right now for the experience of homelessness is job loss. I mean, I think everybody can relate to that with COVID-19. There are millions of people right now who are unemployed or even furloughed because of this tense time that we're in.
1: That's unbelievable. And also completely believable that you know, just some people don't have that same safety net when they lose their jobs. And because of that, they're going to end up experiencing homelessness. And what's the third misconception that people have?
2: Yeah, one of the last a myth about people experiencing homelessness that I'll mention is that all people experiencing homelessness are mentally ill. And I think we have to move away from that language because the fact is this, mental illness is experienced by those who have and do not have homes. I think sometimes we use this as a crutch or an excuse not to love people well. And we view them through these jaded lenses to excuse ourselves uh, from being proximate to people. And the reality is this. If we're going to really think about solving the issue of uh, the experience of homelessness for people, then we've got to reimagine how we view people. Man, this is really,
1: really helpful to better understand some of these things that we may have misbelieved. We may believe, but we're incorrect. And the wonderful thing is when we know better, we can do better. And so with all of this in mind, as we're kind of reframing the way that we see those in our communities who are experiencing homelessness, what's a practical way that we can take action and help better support those in our communities who are having this experience?
2: One of the ways is, I mean, think about it right now, people are still having to maintain proper sanitation because we're still in a pandemic. And the reality is that people experiencing homelessness are still in need of uh, supplies to actually sanitize themselves during this pandemic. Think about if you just decided to gather a bunch of hand sanitizer and leave it in a place where you know people experiencing homelessness may frequent. Think about Volunteering your time uh, with an organization. Uh, Like right now, our organization also supports families who are food insecure during this pandemic. And we have volunteers that never come and deliver any food items. They are picking up the phone and checking on our community members who may be at the house who are stranded and they live in food deserts. I mean, just think about the importance of a phone call right now. To remind people that they are worthy um, and that they are being thought about. Another uh, thing, which is very simple, thinking of ways to literally engage in conversations with individuals where you could go beyond the surface. One of the things that people like to do is put labels on people. You know, earlier today I was drinking one of my favorite drinks and it has a pretty fancy label but the label means nothing because what really matters is the content that's on the inside of the can that holds it really. And I think people often uh, equate, you know, worth and value based upon these exterior things and forget that the real substance of a person is on the inside. And that's what we like to do uh, in our approach with Love and Walls. We don't look at labels where the people have pretty labels or damaged labels, we're not about that. We're about what's on the inside of of the person. And I think that within itself validates and affirms the dignity of someone when you just look someone in the eyes, get to know their story, and force those meaningful relationships.
1: Man, that is so actionable and doable by all of us. And I'm just so grateful for The work that you do and for the inspiration that you are sharing with all of us. Man, thank you so much for everything.
2: Thank you. Grateful to be here with you.
1: That's Terrence Lester, the founder of Love Beyond Walls. He's the author of the book I See You and the host of the podcast Narrative Shift. If you have the means, Please make a donation to the incredible work being done by Love Beyond Walls at lovebeyondwalls.org. This podcast was created by Good Good Good. At Good Good Good, we help you feel more hopeful and do more good. You can find more good news and ways to make a difference in our weekly email newsletter, our beautiful print good newspaper, or online at goodgoodgood.co. This episode was created by Kaylee Thompson, Megan Burns, Chad Michael navely and me brandon harvey because this show is new please do us a favor by leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss a single episode and please when you find an episode that you love please share it on instagram so we can repost you that is a wrap for this week's episode go out and do some good this week and we'll be back next week with more good news and good action sound good